You're listening to The Interview. In-depth retailer interviews with inspirational people. Hosted by Ben Bland. Brought to you by The Retail Exchange. In association with Retail Focus Magazine and Visual Thinking. Inspiring retail performance. Hello and welcome to the Retail Exchange podcast. I'm Ben Bland and we're talking about retail transformation and the latest exciting developments that are happening at L'Occitane. With me is Jamie Taylor, who is the Retail, Property and Wholesale Director at the International Beauty Retailer. Jamie, a very warm welcome to you. You've recently opened the new London flagship store on Regent Street. Talk us through, as a customer, what it is that makes it so different. The way we designed it is... is we wanted to bring um, the product to life. And the way we've done that is by zoning. Um, and we've got, there's two floors. The first floor is very experiential. So as you come through uh, on the left-hand side, we've got what we call a fragrance garden. And that is all of our fragrances together. Um, on the right-hand side, we have our hand care experience. So we will bring our exfoliation products, our moisturizer, our cleansing products to life, and we will deliver hand and arm massages. Um, and then also we have a gifting area at the back. We've, we're very well known for the gifting area. And we've, we've also got a state-of-the-art engraving machine. So the ground floor is about personalization and customization. Um, so giving you, the consumer, the heart of what we can do with Loxtan and whether it's putting your name against something or wrapping it in a style that's you know kind of uh, individual to you. And then upstairs is where our full retail range sits. And we also have some personal beauty concierge areas where we will do more in-depth skincare consultations, bringing our face care to life but also a cafe looking over Regent Street, which is, you know, quite an iconic setting and a view. So we're looking at ways of really increasing the dwell time. I was just going to say, I know it's early days, but any sign yet whether that investment and that thought and that design effort has paid off in terms of customer footfall and sales? Um, well, customer footfall, we, we look, obviously we have a benchmark of our, our store that we had further up on Regent Street, um, but it's a very different part of the street. You know, it's more up towards Oxford Street, um, whereas this one is right underneath Piccadilly Circus. Um, but what we are seeing is, is the, 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 the biggest area is our conversion um, for footfall into experiences and, and also from footfall into memory creation again. So the feedback I've had and the letters I've received has been absolutely fantastic. I've had not one complaint um, throughout the, the first three weeks, which, considering this is all brand new and a brand new team, um, has been quite phenomenal. So, And our NPS scores have just come out, and they're the highest on the business with about 20 questionnaires. So statistically, you know, we are, we are delighted. Of course, with those early indications, the temptation might be to replicate that elsewhere. And you've just opened flagship stores as well in, in Toronto and Paris. Do you take that model and think, right, it's worked well here, we're going to do the same in other places? Or are they completely different designs that you think, okay, we're going to make it specific to that location? If I compare the two flagship stores in Paris and London, which opened very, very similar times, um, the, they are very different. The, the Champs-Élysées flagship store is, is again, a, a collaboration with Pierre Hermé again, but this is more of a, a food and beverage uh, collaboration rather than a product. Um, so basically, the, the 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 branding of Chandelier is called Number Eighty Six. It's not called L'Occitane. It sells L'Occitane, but it leads in on Pierre Hermé food and beverage products. Um, our boutique is very much led by L'Occitane and bringing the you know the, the beauty products to life with a, uh, collaborate, a small collaboration with Pierre May in terms of its takeaway macarons in the cafe. And then you have Toronto, which is, again, a very different and unique concept and is very much bringing the naturality of the brand to life. Do you plan to open more 
flagship stores, and if so, where? Loxitan is, is is on a journey with its flagship program at the moment. Um, there's there's nothing specific I can say to you at the moment. Nothing is signed, but we are looking at some very exciting opportunities globally at this present moment. And if you had to pinpoint what you think the main contributing factors to the continued success of Loxitan, what would you say those were? I would say our brand values. I think we are very true to those values, not just in the UK, but around the world. And whether that be honesty, authenticity, natural sensoriality is is the key to the success of the 40 years that Loxton have, have brought. Um, an ability to own our own value chain, from, from picking the lavender in the field through to test and play with our consumers in, in, in our boutiques. What do you think the greatest commercial challenges are that face physical retailers in the sector at the moment? I think one of the key key challenges that, that are facing retailers at the moment is, is what the hike in business rates. We're finding, especially in, in, in London and especially the West End, uh, the business cases are becoming a much more challenging to enter new spaces. Um, and, and that occupancy cost as a percentage has grown considerably, which is uh, restricted um, some retailers in terms of expanding uh, in, in the West End. Um, traffic is also a big challenge for us at the moment. We're seeing that footfall is down. Um, and um, and I'm, I'm feeling from the articles that I'm reading that, that's, that we're not alone in that respect. And of course, the rise in, in the digital channels, you know, the, the, the whole of the online and digital pieces is, is obviously, you know, doing very well and very well for us. But obviously, from a physical perspective, it, it, it has its challenges. When you look at the physical beauty sector and the way it's evolved in recent years. How has L'Occitane evolved to keep pace with that? My wife has been in the beauty industry for 35 years. She was um, an Eterotics marketing director. So when the L'Occitane opportunity came about, um, knowing the beauty history of, of how it's evolved has been a, a kind of key topic in our household. Um, and beauty retail has obviously historically been like a wholesale model, you know, the big fragrance houses and these big counters in these big department stores. You're seeing beauty retailers now moving away from that model and becoming much more uh, visible, but much more interested in more direct retailing. So owning, again, the distribution, which is key, and, and coming away from that kind of hidden uh, counter model in wholesale to being a much more retail player akin to the likes of Kiehl's, you know, Jay Malone, um, and, and, and the like. And aside from the physical store experience, what do you think is the biggest challenge for brands when they setting out to deliver retail transformation in a successful way. Clarity on what the role of physical retail is and making sure that that sits in, in the whole of the omni-channel or the multi-channel strategy. I think the way we look at um, the, the, the challenges we have is that you know we, we would love, obviously, a, an amazing online digital strategy, which we do. But in beauty, it's very difficult because to launch a new product... Again, doing that online is near impossible to actually understand if that face care product is, is suitable for you. Um, so the, the challenges is bringing that, that kind of whole beauty retailing model into a digital world without having to physically experience it first. In that reference to the digital world, how do you think social media has had an impact on the behaviour of shoppers within the beauty sector? It, it's, it's, had a, it's had a huge impact and, you know, we are um, passionately embracing social media at the moment and we are, we are we're seeing social media as a channel now rather than, um, you know, just something that you, you play with at home. So, you know, our, our, our direction in how we want to use our marketing budget is going to be very much now looking at influencers 
as the new celebrity. So they are the ones, you know, Naomi Smart is a good example. We, you know, she has one and a half million followers on Instagram and, and you know, what a better way than to have a, her endorse a product for us to then go out to her followers who will then um, embrace that and hopefully share that again. Um, it's an instant peer recommendation. It's the, it's the speed of where, you know, typical marketing ways of doing things in the past, it takes a lot of time and it probably take months to get, you know, an advert on TV or above the line, other activity. Whereas now we, we can instantly respond to whether it be a product launch. Um, and it's also a creation of superfans. Um, that we're finding as well. And, and we, again, we've got some not just influencers, but our own customers who, again, have a, a, a great uh, following, but also a great affiliation to the brand. And we'll be utilising those a lot more in the future as well. And how much of those thoughts, those considerations feed into the physical store design? For example, do you set about thinking we need to have an area that's very Instagrammable or lends itself to that? No, you're absolutely right. And and this is where going back to Regent Street is having that wow factor. Um, and and so we're, when we look at the, the design, we've also created on the first floor uh, a selfie studio. And what that will be, we'll be working with a company called Flashpack and it will be nine state-of-the-art cameras taking a picture of you in a scene that is very locked down in terms of product. And the, the nine cameras will then take a 3D moving photograph, very akin to Boomerang, which you can instantly Instagram to your friends. You can print it out as a postcard and in the future even produce Christmas cards and the like. So it's rather than give them you know, an area to take a photograph of, we actually want to give them the physical environment to, to take the photograph of themselves, but also to get it instantly out there on social media. Looking ahead, what's next for L'Occitane? Uh, well, I'd say it's, it's, for us personally, it's, it's reinforcing our presence within London. That, that's one of the key things we're looking at. Um, we want to become uh, a top-of-mind brand. And we, we, we're starting that with, uh, with Regent Street. We know we have work to do, so we're hoping that will work for us. Um, and, you know, we want to premiumise everything that we do, whether it's our, the way our people engage with our customer, our environments with our stores. And we're showing that now with the likes of Regent Street that, you know, this is how we want to move forward. And going back to your previous question about the learnings of the flagship model is, is we will look at and test and learn a lot of things in the Regent Street to then inform um, our, our future concept. And we're, we're looking at um, taking a, a unit in the new scheme in Westfield, London. And, and we're looking at that design at the moment and seeing what learnings from Regent Street we can take to another key area, which has got a, a demographic which is you know, perfect for us. Jamie, I just wonder if when you're out and about as a customer, there are things that you've seen other brands do that are innovative, that add to the in-store experience that you think, ah, I wish we'd thought of that first. Yeah, I, th I think the, I've just come back from New York and um, I, my, my son is a, an aspirational professional cricketer. Um, and we, we went round both the Nike Town and the Adidas experience stores. And, and one of the things that they are both doing exceptionally well is, is, is this customization and personalization piece, which I've mentioned earlier we are doing but not to the extent that they're doing. So, you know, there are things like, you know, can we create an environment in our Loxtan business to create personalised product where you can take and, and work with, you know, various different ingredients to actually come away with an, uh, a, a, a cleanser or, or a cream that is akin to you personally. So that's, that's one thing that I think, you know, in the future, having taken the inspiration of that creation of this trainer where you could literally 
choose your leather, choose your colour, you know, dye it in the way you wanted it to do and give it to someone to make and then you walk away with the trainers that you have created yourself, I think is, is, is genius. And where do you get your inspiration and your ideas from? We work with a lot of agencies uh, globally. Uh, specifically, we worked with um, Futureband or Oxus on, on the design for, for Regent Street. And, and we take our inspiration from them um, in terms of the professional side of things. But it's also being very well-read and very, you know, I mentioned about going to New York, and it's being out there and seeing it with your own eyes and experiencing it personally to say, do you know what, these people are getting it so right or on the flip side, getting it so wrong and taking those learnings back to, to the business, back to your teams and saying, guys, you two are doing it yourself. So I encourage all of our field teams to be out in stores four out of five days. And I would say 50% of that is competitor shopping. How did your career lead you to where you are now at Lostatan? So um, I've been in the retail industry now for just short of 30 years. Um, and I've been very lucky to have been in um, great positions where brands like uh, Nespresso, um, Vodafone and Next, um, and have been kind of leading transformation for those, those brands and, and especially bringing the Nespresso flagship store to, to life um, was probably one of my most um, pinnacle moments in retail. And when I was approached for the role with Loxitan, it was my first time in beauty. But in terms of where the direction they were going, I felt the experience and also the, the love of the uh, kind of multi-channel world was was what they wanted and to sprinkle that little bit of magic that I'd taken from the other brands. And working across the different brands that you've worked at, what has been the common thread when it comes to delivering retail success? Well, one of my mantras is about, and we've, we've said about this with the, the flagship store with Lockstown on Regent Street, is memory creation through inspirational storytelling. And for what we want, what we mean by that is, is for every customer, whether they buy from us or not, to leave with what the brand is about, but also leaving them with the idea of, of, of what um, Loctitan can bring with its amazing products and bringing that all to life in an experiential manner. Which bit of the job do you enjoy most? I would say the retail side. Um, I'd say the retail side and the wholesale side purely on, the, again, the people side. You know, I, I'm, um, you know, 30 years in, in various leadership roles, but I, that's the bit I love the most is, is working with my people, taking that message to, to the masses and, and seeing them grow uh, you know, into, you know, the uh, bigger roles in the future and developing them accordingly. You mentioned your love of the customer factor in what you do. Is that the driving force? Is that what gets you into the office with a spring in your step each day. Absolutely. I think the, you know, again, I mentioned about this memory creation piece. You know, I think that it, it's, it's crucial. You know, I, I, I looked today and I was in my Regent Street store with the GM and she's not a retailer. We, we, she was um, uh, brought in from Claridge's Hotel and she was their guest relationships manager. And, and I took a risk, but I thought, you know what, I, I witnessed her in her you know, environment um, and we, we spoke and she's going to bring a completely different dynamic and that the heart of what she will do is the customer and of course our people um, and doing it in a way that's very, very different. So when I talked about the role of retail, you know, and there's a lot of people there that are there for the sale and they're there for driving the, the bottom line. We don't mind if people walk out and don't purchase, you know, but we want that memory of the Lockstown brand to be front of mind that hopefully in the future we will build that relationship with that customer to come back time and time again. But most importantly, tell their friends, Instagram their friends, use all the channels available to put Lockstown the heart of all of our consumers' mindset. 
And did you set out to get someone to manage that store who was not from a retail background, or did it happen just serendipitously? Well, very much so. And I think my experience of opening the Nespresso store on Regent Street gave me lots and lots of learnings about um, how to approach a, a truly experiential store. And I think we, we learned some lessons in the, f- the first part of the planning, which was looking at bringing in lots of high-end premium luxury retailers and to create this luxury retail environment. Um, but what we were missing then was then, you know, this this whole piece about, you know, play and bringing the product to life. And, and that... And we then decided actually hospitality was more of akin to what we were trying to achieve than going down a traditional retail route. So we mixed it up. And the second phase of our recruitment, we brought in um, a a manager again, not from a retail background, but from and and the inspirational leadership that came through, you know, the emphasis again back onto the customer was absolutely forefront. You know, you had a retail manager before, which would like to spend more time in the office than on the shop floor. When that person decided to go and take another role in the business, we brought somebody very different who wanted 80%, 90% to be on the shop floor, leading the teams, watching, observing, coaching and mentoring, um, rather than being stuck behind a laptop in the office. So is that the central factor then, the most important thing, being very specific about the staff, their background, the experience they bring, and getting them in place before you start trying to set about a retail transformation or, or a new store project? Absolutely. And, and, and I mentioned about the background and the role of the GM being crucial in terms of leadership. But we also introduced a new role, which was the customer experience manager, which we don't have in, in any of our other stores in the UK. And her role specifically is to look at the customer journey, how we delight our customers, the services, the events that we can bring to that boutique, which will hopefully resonate um, in terms of brand throughout those customers, but also from and beyond as well. So when you balance the, the the priority placed on the physical store and the people you put within that store, which one's most important? Well, I think it's it's really important that it's about the people. A lot of our environments are quite in need of modernising, um, but if you put the right team in there, the team themselves will bring that whole experience to life. And I feel that the training we did, especially in Regent Street, to have the time to be able to deliver that confidence and 75% of the team in there are brand new. So we brought a new way of thinking and especially at this new title of artisan and the the, the senior artisan that we bought, a lot of these um, uh, people are ex-managers. So we were looking at that experience and that confidence but also bringing a level of senior team that throughout the organisation we are bringing in this amazing sense of customer experience rather than true typical retail uh, processes. When you were starting out in retail, what was your ambition? My ambition was to um, be a founder or an owner of, of, a, of a retail business. Um, and we, we nearly came very close to that, that opportunity um, uh, a few years ago when we were looking at a management buyout of a, of a shoe company. And me and my wife together um, have always had this dream. We have, we've had a, a small consultancy business together, but that wasn't the same as having a tree. You know, we missed, missed the customer, we missed the people. Um, that's still a, a, a dream, is, is to either create a business or to, to buy a business and say, you know, that's, that's ours. And, and to be able to put our, again, sprinkle our collective magic on that, that business with our own identity to really then um, tick the, the final box of our careers. And just before we, uh, we finish up, if you can cast your mind forward, uh, I wonder what for you a successful Loxitan will look like at the end of 2018 and at the end of 2028. I think the end of 2018, um, we're on a, we're on a, f- a five-year journey. 
uh, to premiumize uh, our, our our business, and that whether that be our website, whether that be our retail stores. So, what we want to do is create the environment to. Um, for our teams to be able to play. Um, by 2028, we want to have optimised our retail network in the UK. Um, and I think we'll be looking to kind of what that looks like globally as well. And, you know, we are a very innovative business. We we, we have got a nice conveyor belt of new products. And, and I think that's critical in this you know, physical beauty retail space is creating newness on a regular basis. And I would hope by 2028, we have launched some remarkable products, but also to have grown our people agenda as well and, and to have some great internal development within that as well. Jamie Taylor from Nottingham, thank you very much. It's my pleasure. Thank you. You've been listening to the Retail Exchange podcast. Subscribe online at theretailexchange.co.uk and join the debate on Twitter. Hashtag Retail Exchange. This episode is brought to you by retail transformation agency Visual Thinking in association with Retail Focus magazine. Thanks for listening.